This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Morning, Grant. How you doing today? Doing well, thank you, Phil. Good, very good. Um... What's going on with this uh, with the PGA Tour uh, at launching a for-profit arm? Um, you know, and I, I guess I kind of expected that when the PGA Tour uh, was was merging or, or was taking an investment from the PIF that they were going to eventually merge with Live. But I don't doesn't seem that's the direction it's going because Live keeps getting PGA golfers to come over to them, and now uh, the PGA is launching this for-profit arm in which it looks like they're uh, they're getting involved with. Uh, what private equity? Yeah, you've got the Fenway Group with John Henry. You've got Arthur Blank. You've got all these. Uh, uh, it's it's like a consortium, I guess. I I tell you, Phil, I, I don't know what's going on because you know you get whiplash trying to follow Roy McIlroy, who now is back saying uh, he's fine with the you know he's fine with the guys who left to go to live. In fact, he he had a long talk uh, not too long ago with Terrell Hatton. And Hatton uh, reports uh, indicate he got about $60 million to go to live just here in the last few days. And, of course, John Rahm went there, and it smacks of a certain desperation to me uh, to keep up with what they're doing. And I, I think I think ultimately uh, the player is going to be the big winners because if you go all the way back to the, the NFL, AFL days, you know, and the merger and those bonus guys, those guys that were lucky enough to come along then and got big bonus money. Uh, the golfers are going to benefit. And I, it, it just, uh, it, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing what, what's happened in the last year. Yeah. They said that he's going to be on that Legion 13 team. What, what does that mean when they're on like a four person team? Is it is like they got an A player, B player, C player, uh, they, and he's getting 60 million. You got to think John Rom's getting close to what? 250 million or 500 million. Yeah. And, and, I mean, who? But basically, Matt, do you care about team golf? I mean, I, I read again that uh, there's a question whether Liv will even go forward with this, but that's what they're doing now. And uh, Rory is right. I mean, he's at Pebble Beach this week, and he basically agreed with a questioner. He said, "What does it mean if you beat a field that doesn't include, even though this is a an elevated event, it doesn't include all these Liv guys or John Rahm or Terrell Hatton?" And he basically agreed, you know, he, he, he couldn't argue with the questioner uh, that it is devalued when it's uh, against uh, not, not all the great players in the world. Is there a way they merge back? Do you see it some, somehow where they do have a tour that have all? Because now it's it's so, I don't know if it's like the ABA and the NBA or, or the AFL and the, and the NFL because you have some really good players and used to they were all on the PGA Tour. And now, what is it, half and half? Yeah, it looked like it, that that was the way it was going, Matt. I mean, it looked like, uh, you know, there was just going to be this agreement by December 31st, and then there wasn't, and then uh, got extended. And it just feels like uh, Monaghan is – I mean, th- this new thing is what's it called? PGA Tour Enterprises. So they're desperate to keep the PGA Tour brand, you know, front and center and ahead of live and all that. But uh, I, I – I don't know. I I get dizzy in the world of high finance, and I don't even understand it all. It's one of the wild things about sports right now, and now, now it's now it's working its way into into professional golf. You see, the the Orioles are being sold by the Angelos family, and they've owned that yes. team for I think it's been a little more than thirty years. Um, look, I mean, Angelos, if I remember correctly, was he a? I think it was a trial lawyer who ended up, you know, just doing incredibly well. He was a multimillionaire, but it's almost like the era of multimillionaire owners is over, and now you got to be a billionaire really to be an owner. Look at some of the names of the of the owners of professional American sports franchises that are part of this consortium that is that is you know doing this for profit thing with the PGA. Tom Werner and John Henry, they're the owners of the Red Sox. Arthur right. Blank, owner of the Falcons. Steve Cohen, billionaire owner of the Mets. Uh, Grousebeck, billionaire owner of the Celtics. I mean, this when the money keeps getting pumped up, well, millions eventually become billions, <laughs> and there's only a select few people that have that. Yeah, throwing a lot of artillery at this, and again, the players are going to be the, 
the beneficiaries. I mean, it's great for golfers, I guess, if you're a professional golfer right now. Hey, Grant, uh, you know, the, this basketball team, we, we definitely need to turn things around and, and, and try to get on this winning column, get get it, build something, get some momentum. What is something you saw out of that Kentucky game? Uh, and I know it had to be an emotional game with everything going on up there, but 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 what's something to take away that you like, something that we can build off of that Kentucky game? Well, I mean, fanatical effort. And, you know, anytime Arkansas plays Kentucky, you're going to get that. So whether that has legs after that game, I don't know. I looked at this morning and Missouri is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and they haven't won a game this year. The last win was late December. You know, I know they've played a lot of teams close, and they've got this Bates kid who's, who's a real problem to cover. Uh, loved Arkansas's defense in that game, but that probably was one of the top five games Eric's coached since he's been here. Just to, I mean, you're down two starters, you know, and you've got the, and Kentucky has got two guys in the top 25 in the country in terms of postseason awards, you know, and, and Shepard played great. Shepard scored 14 in the second half. I watched the game again this morning, you know, and it really, it just came down to three giveaways by Arkansas at midcourt, two by else, I think one by Mark. And that's the six-point difference. So, I mean, Arkansas played great. They played about as well as they could play in the circumstances and made it a a nice game for television. I saw Jay Billis after the game. He was delighted, you know, with the game and how Arkansas played. But whether that has legs tonight, who knows? You know, this... uh, the whole thing going on with Devo and and I've talked to people within the team that think he's coming back, that they're giving him some time to uh, deal with these issues he has. But uh, it's, I mean, you know, one in six, I mean, it's going to be more and more difficult to keep these guys playing that hard uh, unless they get some wins. So, So, you know, I mean, tonight would be a great chance you would think. Well, that's exactly what I was thinking, Grant. This is not a team. This is not a program. It's not a coaching staff that's going to be any good at playing out the string. You know, just like, all right, you know, we got these games on the schedule. We got to play them. It's kind of how it felt at the end of the football season. Mm-hmm. You know how that played out, too. You know, I mean, you get really, it wasn't even, even the win against Florida International, where it was like, yeah, but, of course, because it's FIU. And, and two really, you know, uninspired play, uh, games against uh, Auburn and Missouri. Uh I wouldn't have thought that, that that we'd be down to that with basketball, but truthfully, Grant, and we for, for just being completely honest about this, if they were to play a fabulous 40 minutes against Missouri tonight, that has nothing to do with how they'll play against LSU on Saturday. You, you don't know what to believe. You, you, just, you don't know what to believe. I don't think the coaches know what to believe. I don't think the players know what to believe if they have a good five minutes because usually a bad 10 minutes follows. Yeah, and, and you, uh, I watched a little bit of LSU's game against Alabama this morning. What was left over <laughs> on my recording, and it was a, it was twenty six all at once. I think Alabama ended up winning by a good margin, but LSU's got good players. Everybody in this league has got good players. Uh, but you know, when you start losing like this, other stuff comes out, like like what's going on here, or is is Eric happy with? Uh, how much NIL money he got this year? Did he lose a couple of key players he wanted because they didn't have as much as this team over here? You know, and none of none of these things ever come out when you're winning. But uh, you you see a lot of strange stuff when you're losing, and that and that'll continue if they keep losing. But you know, I'm mean, Arkansas fans are pretty resilient. If they can play well tonight and win, then uh, they'll go in thinking they can beat LSU Saturday, right? Hey Grant, what a um, yeah, hopefully so. What what were your thoughts over the weekend with these two championship games and and, and kind of with that Baltimore Ravens game? Was, was that on Lamar Jackson or was that on the offensive coordinator? Was that on Harbaugh? What what happened? Was, did Baltimore kind of? I mean, they kind of they kind of let it. You hold you hold Kansas City to seventeen points, yeah, uh, and couldn't find a way to get it done. Well, those two key turnovers that they're on time one, I guess, was almost a touchdown, and you had. Um, and then you had Mahomes doing what he does when he does it always. <laughs> uh, that one, I mean, yeah, I, I think Baltimore probably looks back at that as thinking, hey, we were the better team. What happened? And then the Lions, same way. I mean, I really like Dan Campbell. I liked watching hard knocks with him and everything. But my gosh, when you're up 14 points, you know, and you've got fourth and two to go 17 up with an easy field goal, and you don't go for that, and then you don't go for another one later. 
you know, that six points left out there. And then at the end of the game, when they desperately needed all three timeouts, they ran the ball and had to use a timeout there. So they, they didn't have anything left at the end. So I, I really think Dan botched that one uh, for Detroit. You get annoyed when they show Taylor Swift. I, 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 I truly, I truthfully don't care. They're going to show somebody in the stands. Producers like to show fans. They're going to show somebody, whether it's a guy with a shirt off or a kid that's fallen asleep or somebody making a surrender cobra. They're going to show somebody. I mean, what's I read today? Still, the, the, yeah, the over and under is five and a half on on times they show her in the Super Bowl, and that seems like it should be about fifty. But then I think she's got a. <laughs> She's got a concert in yeah. Tokyo 24 hours before, and so are they going? Is she going to fly all the way back here and and be there on no sleep? I guess that's the the question. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas, is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dave and his team have all your holiday drink options. That includes Fireball and Bailey's Chocolate, Jack Daniels Crown Salted Caramel, Winter Seasonal Beers, Eggnogs, and more. Come by Eastside Liquor, 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Clay, good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing great. What a pretty day. I mean, it's... Uh... We're, we're past all the nastiness, at least for a while, right? What a great yeah. day. I was outside for a little bit this morning, and it's just getting nicer and nicer. This is the day to be outside the playing golf, playing baseball, being fishing. on the river. <laughs> I did that yesterday. Went out and caught some fish yesterday. First time of the year? <clears throat> no, I've done it maybe one, twice. This was the long One time I went just to say I went on the first day of the year always like to do that catch a fish and be proud that okay that's the first fish of 2024 but yesterday was about four hours and and it was pretty cool i got my heart ripped out at the very end i was about ready to walk out i hooked a two-footer you know one of those big 23 24 25 inch brown trout i got it to the net and i'm reaching down for it and it it snapped off the the tippet broke <clears throat> i was probably that's right up. at the the breaking strength for that size fish for that size tippet. That sounds like a hard. And everybody moment. cried, <laughs> including no, except for the fish because just me. Away. Yeah, well, I was going to let him go. He did. I, he probably didn't know that though. No, he had no idea. Um, hey, we can open up the McClarty Daniel hotline anytime we want to get on. And in the next couple of hours, eight seven seven three seven seven. 6963. Um, guys, Bet has Arkansas as a five and a half point underdog tonight at Mizzou, uh, plus 210 on the money line. Mizzou's had a lot of close games. The thing is, is they've lost all of those close ball games. They don't, um, you know, wins in games against, let's see, Minnesota, Pitt. Those are just kind of middling programs. No wins in the SEC. So to me, this is, uh, this is a team that's consistently losing close games against a team that was, until recently, consistently getting blown out and, uh, and put out at least a good effort against Kentucky. Clay, I have no clue what to expect today. I don't, I don't think anybody does. I think that's fair. I mean, I think that's kind of what, yeah, you're right, that nobody does. You, you get the, the feeling that, uh, okay, they're, you know, he's kind of figured out a little bit of rotation, but they still did – you know, critical things wrong that get you beat. And one, they still gave up some straight line drives for dunks and, and layups. And two, they don't get any transition points at all. And you're going against teams that are getting transition points because of your live ball turnovers. They're better. The one thing they did that was, you know, like, yeah, that's that's refreshing – is that they fought fiercely on the defensive rebound. They weren't giving second possession, which kept Kentucky's point total down, which helps them because, they, you know, Arkansas can't score a lot. And they're not getting any cheap baskets. Um, 
so they got to earn their points. So um, Missouri's going to pressure them a little bit. You know, it's like they, they've got to keep from having live. I don't know if we want to break the whole game down, but the the other thing that that you have to admit is that their high points were, you know, premier type teams: Purdue, Duke, Kentucky. They gave maximum effort, but they haven't done that against other teams. And will they do that against Missouri? You know, play so hard that they're competitive on you know in the rebounding. Well, and, and what you're talking about too, Clay, is we 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 have zero anticipation uh, on, on the <laughs> yeah. defensive side of the ball, on the offensive side of the ball, and that's why you don't get any transition points. That's that's why we you don't get a lot of steals. That's why you give up straight you line. Don't drives. get loose balls. That, yeah. yeah. Our, our basketball IQ, that that anticipation, and that's why I think people like Landon Blocker because he has a little bit of that. When you watch him play, you're like, oh, he gets it. He he can kind of make things happen. He'll run through a pass because right? he sees it coming. But we don't get it. We don't have a lot of that. No, and lateral quickness. There's a few guys that have it. You know, it's like my hope is they keep building, keep polishing. You know, like he looks like he kind of got his little core guys that he wants to play. And that, you know, sometime in the next month, it all sorts to just gel a little bit. I could see, that I could he, see Mark having twenty four tonight. Yeah, twenty six well, yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. And, but you get to the tournament, you know, the SEC tournament, and that you'd win games to 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 get to the next round, which would could be the NIT. I don't. You know, I don't see them winning the SEC, but if they won three what games, what do we have maybe, to get six six regular season wins to get be NIT eligible? Seven. You know, we still like got to win five or six yeah. more games. That's going to be yeah. tough. It used to be the NIT. They're, they're automatic bids for the NIT. You got to be above yeah. five hundred yeah. though. Yeah, you, you got to be. It's like the six and six mark for the ball um, game. Yeah, they used to be that they just like okay, who's going to sell the most tickets? Right. Well, that's not what they do anymore. You have to actually earn it. <laughs> And you know they're they're gonna really you know the, you know, the NCAA com- selection committee I think they set the NIT don't they? You know how they it do. works. You're right. That you're exactly and right. They're gonna I think take it, the teams that almost made the NCAA tournament, not the ones that sell the most tickets. That's that's what they're gonna do. I've got a couple callers on hold. Let's go to Charlie on the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Good afternoon, Charlie. How you doing today? Well, Bill, I'm actually kind of frustrated today. Uh, you probably know why. Because, you know, when I come on this show, I'm the tuner, right? Well, today I'm going to be Charlie because I'm over all this crap that's on social media. And I know we talked about this. And, Phil, I know you've seen some of it. Uh, maybe you guys have touched on it. But, uh, guys, I don't even know how they could go in there tonight. I hope they can just go in there tonight and mentally play. Uh, you know, this is this. some of this stuff is utterly ridiculous. Uh, Phil, I know you've seen some of it. Did you see where Danielle had to come out and say what she said this morning? Yeah, I, I, I saw Danielle address it, and but she didn't, you know, not addressing the rumors directly. Um, it's just yeah. kind of addressing the idea of why why are these why is this out there right now? I think was was in was kind of in her mind a little bit, but yeah, I mean, there there are uh, there are some really interesting theories, rumors out there. Um, and and that's a it's another aspect of this. It's like so, I don't know what to expect as far as effort and 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 playing well and who gets the minutes and all of that. I don't know what to believe about about some of these rumors too. And it, it's real it's difficult to address this kind of thing, um, yeah, on the air and in public as well. It, well, I guess what hard. we can say is it's 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 something you know we're we're watching for chemistry. <laughs> that's what we're watching for, and chemistry has been off. Yeah. Well, I, I I feel bad for this team. I feel bad for the player. You know what people we we're we're human beings, and these people are human beings. These coaches, these players. Chad Pittman addressed some of this, and everybody wanted to kind of talk ugly, but but he was right. And it's getting to a point. I don't care if you make ten million or whatever you make a year. This is ridiculous. And when you bring someone's kid into the situation. It's ridiculous. I'm over it, and it makes me absolutely sick to my stomach. I don't have kids. Doesn't matter. I don't approve. Matt, I know you don't have social media. You're a smart man. Stay off of there because it is utterly ridiculous. Some of the I don't have it either. Gets put on. You don't have it, Clay? Nope. Never right. done Twitter. Well, I messaged you on Facebook. I've never done I never X. 
<laughs> no X. Well, good, good decision. I am considering deleting my ex at this point. Not my ex-girlfriend, but or whoever. But X the app. <laughs> I don't, I I don't think you're going to... Charlie, I don't think you'll miss it. I really don't. <laughs> no, nah, you're probably right. But I, I just wanted to say that, guys, and I don't understand it. Why? What What has happened to this? There's no love in this world no more. It's just hate, and, it, and it's sick. Some of it is just sick. Okay, yeah. talk about him as a coach. He's not a good coach, but all this other stuff, I mean, people... I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say. Anyway, y'all have a good one. Uh, yeah, that, that's that. There's absolutely, and I think it's a. I think it, as usual, it's a vocal minority that is a uh, spreading a lot of this publicly. Um, B uh, believes that there's, you know, I think something going on. Maybe someone called up yesterday thought there's marital issues from us. I don't. I don't that that's we, we don't. We have no idea about this stuff. But what we can say and what we, what you can see just by watching the games, you know, I mean, and I've said this before on this on this show, you don't have to like everybody that's in your that's on your team. You don't have to be buddy buddy with everybody. But you do have to be able to coexist in a professional sense and you do have to get along on the court or on the field. You know, it's the same with radio shows. It's the same with whomever you're sitting next to at work. You don't have to like that person, but you do have to be able to work with them. And whatever's happened, you know, with a, with a, with a program that has... There's been chemistry in this program before. There is not chemistry with the players on the court right now. Uh, and it's been easy for us to see. And then there's also just some... Ass- you've brought this up before too, Clay. Um, you know, Devo just... Uh, not not accepting somebody's help to be pulled up after he got knocked over and and looking kind of distraught at that moment too you know i mean they're they're just they're just things that you notice during the game that make you notice that something is awry yep that's um and you know and then i mean here's the here's the issue i don't know what's causing it but they did not or have not always played with the same effort that they have the last few years. That's just simple. And, you know, it's like, well, why is it? You know, it's, I'm sure that's the, the question the coach keeps asking, too, because he's trying to get effort. He liked the effort the last two games. I think he liked the effort. In fact, he addressed that after the game. He says, you may not like how we played, you know, talking about people that are in their cars you know in the parking lot leaving the arena but you have to you have to admit that our guys played hard that's the essence of coaching if you get your and you know nolan always told me that that he felt like you know he knew that somebody had had their team because they played hard talking about their coach yeah, you weren't going to get outworked with a, a Nolan Richardson team. Yeah, that's, and, and that's it's just the same with, with anything Is else. Is Brazil you know? healthy, Clay? Did he practice at all this week? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not plugged in. With yeah, that. I just and I, you know, I'm not sure that they're even going to tell you that. Right. You know, they they like, like to have a secret or two when they go into the, you know, on a road, you know, trip. Um, so, you know, they, they need him healthy. And, you know, if, if he, if it's, if his knee's bothering him, then he, you know, that he needs, Needed to step aside, just like what Nick Smith did. You can't you can't go out there on one leg. It's just not not doing. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games. Available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Hey sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. 16 days until Arkansas baseball gets things started at Ball Walker Stadium against James Madison. 
I know everybody's always going to be nervous about the idea of injuries for this pitching staff, <laughs> just because. Uh, the recent years, there's, it seems there's one major injury per year at least uh, for Arkansas pitching. Um, I don't have the, gen- the, the, the gentleman's name in front of me, but North Carolina's expected Friday night starter just went down for the remainder of the year with uh, the UCL tear, same injury that did Jackson Wiggins in last year. And then everybody wants to accuse the pitching coaches or the head coaches of overworking these kids and put blame on the coaches instead of the idea that pitching injuries just are a fact of the game these days and there's not much you can do about it. I do wonder, like you only get a 21-day ramp up before the regular season starts. And if, if Major League Baseball allows pitchers and catchers an extra two weeks or so, uh, before the position players show up, why would college baseball not do that too? Well, Phil, first of all, they've been practicing. Um, you know, they can they the coaches can work with them in individual. They can't have the whole team out there, so they've been throwing bullpens. You know, since uh, you know they came back from Christmas, so the the pitchers have already put in you know a number of pitches. Now they ask them when they're you know the December to do certain things. There, it is really easy for a pitcher to find a catcher and to go throw. So they're they're, uh, you know, in the major league pitchers, they start throwing before they go to training camp. And well, sure. So they're you're not you're not saying we're starting from word go last Friday with pitchers. So, um, and they are working with. You know, the, I think it was from the start of school that the coaches could be working with the pitchers. Man, Hobbs is standing there with them, supervising. So there, there's not any, um, but they don't want to do too much because the goal is to be to be perfect at the end of the season, not worn out. Um, so that's the that's the, you know, that's how you juggle it. And you that's shut those guys down. Tr- shut your top end guys down. Their rest is in the is in the fall a lot of the times. Was there any? Uh, did you need an, any extended amount of time to get your arm ready for the start of football camp? Well, you know you you do things. You know, you go and throw on your own. You go and work. You know, like for for basketball season, I'd get done with with football practice up there, and I'd go to the gym and get shots up during during football season. Just because you're going over to play basketball, and then the same right. thing, you throw a little bit, and well, and, and at that age, seven on seven all summer, didn't you, man? Yeah, you know, you start doing that stuff. Uh, that that really started, I guess, when I was about a, a senior in high school. You know, they didn't do, they didn't yeah. do a whole lot of spring f- spring ball uh, then. That's why you kind of played all the sports. But yeah, you you got to take care of yourself. That's one of the things that um, that that you teach these young quarterbacks as far as the proper way of and, and the pitchers, you know. Stretching your arm, all the proper techniques, all the, all the proper exercises—it's very important. I was talking last night to one of my high school classmates, uh, who's a dentist in in West Little Rock. His name is Paul Burton. I can tell the name. He, in, but he he played uh, football, basketball, and golf. Did all three. Lettered in all three. All you know through high school. I think Matt Morrison at Catholic did the same thing. There's nobody would do that now, you know, play that combination because golf requires skill and a lot of practice time. Um, but he was good in all three, and he had the size, you know, to play the, you know, play football and and, and basketball. But it's that's discouraged by the coaches. They may not say it, but they discourage it. <laughs> I mean, they may not advertise. You know, I hear all this. Well, I want these guys that played all all the sports. Good luck on finding guys that play all the sports. Well, you know, when you play defense uh, and you get down in a stance, it's real similar to the way you steal a base in baseball. It's real similar to you make a tackle, to you square up and make a tackle in football. Real similar to how you block. I mean, these things correlate. They transfer over. That's why I tell these kids, you play all the sports because there are body movements in that, that will carry over, and they help prepare you to play the other sport. And you're competing. You're not just going through the motions uh, of an off season because no off season's a joke. You know, it's like you go go compete, go play. 
John in Mountain Home texted any. I don't know if it's nerves or anything, but he says such a long time before Arkansas has a real away game. Um, you know, they have the Arlington series, which is three games at the Rangers Park, but it's not. Those are neutral site. They don't have a road game until um, the second week of the SEC, which is spring break uh, for the university. So it's, I think it's, it's I think that's eighteen or nineteen games in before you play your first road game. Yeah, I can. Uh, <clears throat> he's right. And, you know, that's that's a concern for the coaches. They, they um, I know Dave wants road games, but he looks at, that's neutral site, but what he really wants to see is to load up his team and take them somewhere for a weekend and get them away from everybody. You know, you kind of, you know, you, you're, you're around them 24-7. You know, you eat with them, you're, you're, uh, you know, you've got them in the hotel. You you know, you can really have a lot of time and be it builds chemistry. Plus, you find out how you know how they do away from home. And I he used to go to California, or Arizona, or do do some things that you know were preseason road games before the SEC. But the other part of that is that anytime you you do that, you are dipping into your budget because home games are rich at arkansas that's the that's the that's the season tickets sold out that you if you reduce three games you know like all right we're going to go to louisiana tech you reduce the three games that you would have at bomb stadium for your season ticket holders and that's a total chunk of a lot of money yeah i think they i think the arkansas baseball team plays more home games than anybody else in the sec do we do that very reason is it like in football, Phil, where if you uh, you play, you know, a, a baseball team, you give them money to come to your place, your institution to play, like we do when when we play uh, North Texas? Uh, now, no basketball does buy games. Um, I'm not sure how much money they have to spend on that specifically. There might because be when Hugh Freeze brought Liberty like over that. here, you know, we gave yeah. them money to come over here and whoop us. Yeah. Well, like no, no, the they, first they time they I went pay. on the road. The they first pay. time I went on the road with Arkansas baseball, they played at San Diego State. San Diego State then made a return trip. But I would imagine for James Madison to come in for four games, they're probably paying them to come I, I would think so. I, okay. That's, I thought so. I, just, I was wondering, yeah. They do have that kind of – because they've got to fill the seats. And this is another thing I wonder about for this next season. You know, the tickets are always sold. It's a matter of who shows up and what the atmosphere is like. There was a difference in atmosphere last year. And it, it's it, it's not to say that the atmosphere was bad because it still was Baum Walker and it still uh, stood out, I think, from the rest of the SEC and a lot of other places that I've seen baseball. But there was a noticeable change. There's there's uh, some people that no longer are able to come. I mean, that, that had good season tickets. And when they moved them either out of the stadium or to you know remote places, it changed the atmosphere. What do we think about first base? Ben McLaughlin, Jack Wagner, maybe a Hudson White. Um, you know, if there's an injury and they're looking for a position for him to play. Of course, any of these guys could also DH. McLaughlin can play third base. I think Wagner can also play the other side of the infield, a little outfield as well. Um, you know, you got I mean, you got a righty and a lefty that that's, I think that's what I was going to say. Position there, so I do wonder if you get a chance to maybe platoon, uh, depending on matchups. Yep. Dave is not a platoon guy. He he generally doesn't do that. Um, but you know it's different when you know you you've got somebody in a corner outfit that you don't want to platoon. Like like Kendall Diggs is not coming out of the lineup. You, you know he's right. a lefty, and that doesn't matter. He hits lefties. Um, but the, yeah, that that could be part of it. You know the other interesting thing that I'm watching. You know they played three games so far, three scrimmages. So that means you've got two sets of lineups. They have played all four catchers. Mm-hmm. They have to. And, and they well, they they're they're playing two behind the plate, and they're switching them off from one game to this. But then the other two have DH'd. And Polk has, I mean, he has mashed massive home runs both in the fall and already I think two in in these scrimmages. And I'm not sure he's the best catcher, but gosh, I mean, he might be. You know, you're Charlie Welch, you know, your clutch pinch hitter that has the, you know, has the big bat, big power. I think all four of them, well, Parker Rowland's a, uh, a switch hitter, but I think the other three are righties. So it's they not are. like you would, 
you know, pinch hit one for the other, like you could do at first base. You know, they say, so there's a platoon. Maybe it's not a platoon, but the idea that as pitchers, you know, come in and out uh, and you can play matchups, and Dave isn't about platooning, you're right, but he is about matchups. Um, he is matchups. You know, yep. you, you got a left handed first baseman to pinch hit for your right-handed first baseman in a moment in the fifth, sixth, seventh inning if, if, if the matchup is right. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a good thing to know that you get a lefty and a righty at a position that you really expect some production from. Uh, and, I mean, look, Brady Slavens was the first baseman last year, and you got production from Brady, but it was also a lot of up and a lot of down. And when the slumps came, it was an empty spot in the lineup sometimes. You know, he had uh, that McLaughlin, elbow surgery. He wasn't the same right. last year. He was yeah, not. Well, you know, I mean, there was always a thought he's gonna he's gonna hit it. He's gonna come, you know, hit a streak. But it, it never was what we, you know, the power wasn't there. So, but I don't think, I don't think McLaughlin is that kind of hitter at all. I haven't seen Wagner enough, uh, but but McLaughlin, I I just don't see him as a hitter that would go into slumps. I mean, you're gonna have your offer here and there, but he's got such a nice, easy line drive swing. Flat swing. A good approach at the plate. He doesn't swing too hard. There's not a lot of swing and miss there. Um, that is the kind of guy that um, he's going to rake. Find, he? He's going to find a way to get on yep. base. Yeah. Yeah. And like last year, he hit well, basically on one leg. You remember he had that knee injury yeah. running to first base, couldn't play for a month. Then he comes back and he could hit. The stroke was still much. there, wasn't it? Yeah. Guess you never really do lose the stroke, do you? Yep. Yeah, well, everybody likes the, the the center fielder from Missouri. Great speed, and I don't. The, I don't. Yeah, I don't have the the roster in front of me. By the way, I am going to Fayetteville tomorrow, and I'm going to have you know some time with Matt Hobbs for Hogs Plus. Always look forward to that. I mean, I this doesn't. I'm not nothing against Nate Thompson. Nothing against you know Wes Johnson or Todd Butler or Matt Diggs. But there has never been an assistant baseball coach that delivers the goods in an interview like Matt Hobbs. None. None. He is, uh, he is cerebral for sure. And also, I'd, uh, I'd run into um, uh, Dave Jorn at uh, the Friday scrimmage. Dave's good, too. Yep. Oh, he's great. Uh, it, it's, always, it's always great talking with, uh, with Dave Jorn. He is the um, closest thing I've ever heard to sounding just like John Wayne without ever trying <laughs> He's the Marlboro man, yeah. Yeah, without the cigarettes. Uh, And you can just picture the cowboy hat on the top of his head. I know that for sure. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. Jackie Robinson's birthday today. Did you guys see that the uh, Jackie Robinson statue, which was in a municipal park in Wichita, Kansas, uh, was stolen from its location? Down to the ankles. It was cut at the ankles, Mm -hmm. and it was found yesterday uh, burned beyond recognition. What? Yeah. I mean, that is... um, You just took it just to destroy it? I have a really difficult time wrapping yeah. my mind around that. Mm. Uh, that's, I mean, it's uh, just pretty hateful act, truthfully. Uh, and Jackie Robinson is, gosh, I mean, I don't need to explain anything about him. I think that statue, they said it hadn't been there five years. It was re- relatively newer, newer statue, um, you know, lower income part of town. And now it, all you got to remember it by the ankles or just the feet. That's it. But... Um, 
I, I'm sure. I know that the um, they'll get a new one made and 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 put it up. But you might have to. I don't know. Put a fence around it or something. I, I can understand anybody that would uh, that would do something like that. Uh, so, but a happy birthday to Jackie Robin. I always have a problem like saying happy birthday for somebody who is uh, not alive any longer. Uh, Ernie Banks too. He passed away in 2015. And then there's Nolan Ryan, who I'm still saying like. Clay, I think Nolan Ryan, he's turning 77 today. I think if you gave him spring training, I will bet you he could throw over 70 miles an hour. Hey, there's some dudes who wouldn't want to step in, just not even knowing what he was going to throw. They won't step in there. Roger Clemens, he was still doing some of that stuff his last five, seven years. Like after he retired, you would see him going to going somewhere, throwing a little bit. You think Ryan. Nolan every once in a while Bartolo was, just, was uh, wild on purpose just to make people, you know, a little bit like, what do you call it, um, effectively wild? Or? Who is that Randy Johnson that threw it over John Kirk's head, John oh, Krug's yeah. head, and, he also, and then he just stood and he was like, no, and then he's like. Yeah. That's one of the two all-star games I was I was in attendance for. You Baltimore, saw that. 93. I was there for it. That's right. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen on a baseball field. He stood in the Kirk, corner. Kirk he stood dude, in the corner yeah. like your boy in Rookie of the Year. Uh, oh, oh, with the Chicago Cubs. Just stood right there in the corner of the bat for the next two bats. Yeah, what are you going to do at that point? I mean, it's first of all, it's Rosengarten. So, Oh, man, that was, that was hilarious. But, but Ryan, like... Um, he was a two pitch guy until he. I don't remember when he started throwing a changeup, but I don't think he threw a changeup very much in the seventies, or or really in the eighties too much. When he did, though, it wasn't fair. Right, his curveball wasn't fair. Um, no, and, I mean, and here's he, the he thing just needed too. a little I bit of an off speed. Yeah, I would like. I would like to see. I would like to see Nolan Ryan with today's uh, radar guns because they were, what they're measuring is the ball coming out of the. Out of their hand, not as it crosses home plate. So a lot of times, I think you see like the 100 on the video board at Baum Walker. That wasn't really 100 when it crossed home plate, and that's the sort of radar gun I think that was being used when Nolan was pitching. Yeah. I think you know he was probably who knows what he was throwing. I mean he he that was a, like what was what was the record that he threw? Was it 100.7 miles per hour? And that seemed to stand for 30 years or however. Yeah, that might long. be 106 now. now. Yeah. Yeah, now every now every team's got a pitcher that throws a hundred. Heck, it feels like every other college team might have a pitcher that throws a hundred. Yeah, but th- here's the here's the deal. The, it's the difference in you just said it. Everybody's got one of those guys, so it, you know you can you you see it occasionally. But there was only one Nolan Ryan that was throwing it that hard, like you say. You, you know, in the old gun, ninety nine to hundred, which would be one oh six, one oh seven now. Dave Jordan was telling me when he, uh, like, late 70s or whatever it was when he graduated from college, he had his tryout at uh, uh, Ray Winterfield, yep. um, came down from uh, from Illinois, and I think he went to school at Cape Girardeau in southeast Missouri, and he came down, the, the they wanted him to throw with a gun, and they measured him at, one, uh, at 87 or 88, I was like, Really? And he goes, but that's the old gun. That'd be 9394 now. <laughs> you ever having a text message conversation with somebody and they send you a laugh emoji and you know they're not really laughing? That's what Danielle Musselman's tweet looks like from uh, from earlier this morning. First of all, tweeting at 640 in the morning. Obviously got to get uh, Mariah ready for school. Uh, and people are asking... Mariah about what's going on with the basketball team and not talking with, you know, what, what, why can't they Is score? Is it not an X's and O's thing? Not the X's and O's stuff. Um, I don't know exactly what it is that they asked her, but it's enough to get Danielle to go on social media and say, come on now. You're resorting to asking my eighth grader for clarification. She's, you know, denies the rumors and, and, and says there's no truth to all of that. Uh, and at the end says, sell the story to Netflix. Sounds like a three-part series with the laugh emoji. And I don't think she's laughing at all here. When when a coach's kid gets in. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't a matter of, well, you know, Mariah's on social media. She's well-known, so it's fair game. No, not at all. Not one bit. No no, no kid of a coach is, e- is ever uh, fair game for this. And it's not like she's getting criticized or anything, but. 
you really think that she's going to have some inside info, or are you just trying to mess around with a kid? That's what it seems like. So we got to. People are worried that that you know he brought it up. Yes, he brought it up yesterday about there's this Twitter account that's positing a guess that Musk is sending feelers out for Arizona State and for Minnesota. Well, let's just for argument's sake say that that's true. We get people that are worried that that there's a section of the Arkansas fan base that could, uh, in in their words, chase Muss off. You know, I mean, Arkansas fan base is 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 a little bit more intense than than some of the others. I would think it same. You know, more intense than Arizona State, more intense than Minnesota. Uh, I don't know another coach that's more intense than Muss though, but. Yeah, stay away from the kids as, as as far as that goes. Matt, I have found two player, two coaches that were drafted by the team that they eventually coached. Mike Ditka and D'Amico Ryans. Those are the only two we found that I found That's so pretty far. Cool. I didn't look up Bart Starr, though. I do need to look up Bart yeah, Starr. Yeah, D'Amico last year in, in the run he had. Um, and the run they should have. you got to think in that division – uh, you, you like Jacksonville, you like their quarterback, but C.J. Stroud as well. I mean, just absolute two two studs right there. Yeah, star. So Ditka was the fifth overall pick in the 1961 draft of the NFL. The AFL drafted him eighth overall. He was drafted by the Bears and the Houston Oilers. Of course, we know him as a championship coach with the Bears. Ryans was picked in the second round by Houston in the uh, 2006 draft and just completed his first year. Bart Starr was the 17th round pick of the Green Bay Packers in the 1956 draft and then eventually went on to coach them. I don't know how many rounds of the draft there were then, but if we are lauding Brock Purdy for being Mr. Irrelevant, what number pick was he? I think it was in the sixth round last pick. Yeah. Bart Starr was the 200th overall pick. And he's in the Hall of Fame, so <laughs> that's uh, that certainly does stand out too. Ooh, how was Star as a go ahead, man? Well, I was going to say quarterbacks. It's so it's so hard to to judge, and and, and what are you looking for? I, I go to the draft with with Michael Vick and Drew Brees in the draft. One of them was the first pick overall in the first round, and one of them was uh, the first pick in the second round. And you know, Drew Brees obviously had the better. Of the, now, Michael Vick's electric. He can do so many things. I mean, absolutely one of the best there is. Uh, but if you were to choose over, everybody's taking Drew Brees over Michael Vick in an in a NFL draft. Well, and you know, we all know the the big decision that Nick Saban made with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. He didn't take Brees. And that, I think that was more their medical staff. As yeah. I don't know how no, much Saban they, they, it was on Saban. Yeah. No, but but that's when the coach is like, "No, you, I'm taking him anyway." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not what nobody wants to spend that amount of money when medical staff is. We're not sure about him. Then don't we don't spend that kind of money? Uh, um, I understand. Yeah. It's like, why do you have? What do you have? Uh, well. The doctors with did, did the New Orleans doctors say you know warn them about what could potentially happen if uh, if they sign Breeze and the shoulder doesn't work out. That's right. I would just I would assume the same thing would have been happened, but you know, somebody might have been overruled in that case. Who did Who did Saban have to work with as as a quarterback with Miami? All those Dante years? Culpepper. Remember? That's who they Dante chose. Culpepper. They chose Culpepper. Man, he had I the, thought he had Culpepper. The knee issue. I thought he was. I would thought he was going to be the real thing. He's like a, a Jared Goff, you know. He's just a big old kid. had a had a cannon for had an arm cannon. and yeah. uh, struggled a little bit with accuracy, uh, kind of the speed of it. But yeah, he had a couple years where he was. But he was throwing to Randy Moss and Chris Carter. You got to remember some of that too. Yeah, but he could never stay healthy, right? He was really good with Minnesota and was able to be healthy with them, but not with Miami. Mm-hmm. So the two quarterbacks that. Got the bulk of the starts for Nick Saban in his two years with Miami. Gus Ferrat and uh, Joey Harrington. Oh. Quack, quack. I saw somebody tell me where Gus Ferrat's from. Don't look. Fort, Ford City, Pennsylvania. But where did he play college? Oh. Uh, Redskins drafted him, I think. College. He played yeah. at the University of Tulsa. Oh, that's right. But I knew he's from Ford City because I covered a yep. game there once. That's not far from Pittsburgh. Yeah, he played for David uh, Rader, Tulsa. 
He also um, didn't he injure his neck by ramming his head in a celebration uh, <laughs> something like that after yeah. a touchdown. Pretty sure he was, did was that with, like that, that might have been with the Redskins. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. I think that qualifies as one of the dumbest things you could ever do. Self injury. It's like it's man. I mean, it'd be a little different. Who was the kicker? Was it Gramatica, Gramatica for the Bucks? He hyperextended. He blew his out knee. his knee. Yep. But he made the field goal field first. Goal. <laughs> his celebration was, was... Then he was out for the year. He said, that's it. That's all you get but from All me. he's doing is jumping. I mean, it was just a leap. It's, it's not like you, you ram your head into a wall. What do you think might happen? Well, I guess it's, it's a little different bad. than... Well, it, it can't be good. It can't be good. You see McCaffrey this last game? He When he fell, that last tackle he made down the sideline, he fell right on his head, and then he didn't get back in the game. And somebody yeah. was somebody was rubbing his neck and kind of getting him right because you could tell that was a little stinger right there. That was there. a stinger. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say they the referred neck. to it as, yeah. a, as a stinger. There was the same thing when Greenlaw, when Dre Greenlaw uh, had to go off the field, and I was watching him make that tackle, and – and then he had trouble getting up. It looked like his, his left arm, something was with it. It was like, oh, gosh. I mean, he just separated his shoulder. That's it for him, at least for this game. All they said, it was a stinger. And he's out there. He's out back out there five or six minutes later. How do you describe what exactly is a stinger? Because I, mean, I think he's it's like, a pitch nerve in described. Neck. But it's yeah. like Dalton, okay. you know. Pain. Man, Don't feel pain right there. Yeah, There's guys like that. Tony Bua, you know, Caleb Miller. Man, pop that thing back in, and they go right back out there. Yeah, There's you, some you, guys you are built different. They're just shaking out their arms. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I mean, that's the pain. That's the pain. Don't hurt. That's right. Um, yeah. Sailor Poffenbarger's in that in that uh, discussion right now with the amount of pain that she's dealing with on a game by game basis. But she but uh, she made eight threes in the last game, Phil. I know, I know. That was amazing. That you don't yeah, feel any pain when you're too. making threes like that. Well, you know, she was she was eight for her first nine, and I mean, I don't have my 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 team stats in front of me, but I think she was shooting like twenty five percent from behind the three point line year. before that game. Yeah, yeah, right. um, and she's got a pretty shot. Uh, just eight for nine. It's just one of those. <laughs> what do they describe it as? Well, the, the ball looked like a watermelon. The hoop looked like a trash can, and you just think you're throwing it into the ocean, I guess. Do we have, if I was to ask you a question on this men's basketball team, and, and give, give me one guy who could go eight or nine out there uh, shooting the From shooting, the three-point there's, line? There's not anybody Davenport, eight of nine shooting free throws. Yeah. I guess we struggle shooting. Pinion. Yeah. I think I could see Pinion, maybe. And Brazil. Oh, yeah. I think Brazil, yeah. If he gets a set shot, no, if Brazil's standing there and, and, and he gets his feet set, and Davenport, too, Davenport has a pretty shot. I think Minifield's a guy that could, could get hot, but I, we're looking for somebody to get hot tonight for sure. All right, but how about this How about this question? Who's going to get a steal, quick outlet pass, for a transition bucket, who's gonna who's gonna make that play? Because that's the play that they that Arkansas has lacked a little bit more. You know, when when Battle gets the ball in that fast break, he's a one man. He's a Russell Westbrook type of fast break guy. When he gets the ball, he just pins his ears back and go and goes. So he could be somebody like that. He does pin his ear back. Man, you kind of kind of rein him in, Clay. You know, you just got to kind of he's he's a wild horse out there. You got to kind of give him some rules to go by. You know that. You, it's it's almost dangerous though if you do you just oh, you're, you're, yep, you're reducing it to nothing it's yeah a, yep you know I, I listened to Nolan talk about he said he had a guy and I think it might have been Clint McDaniel it's like he had a game he wasn't shooting he said I took him out I'm like you took Clint out he goes he needs to be shooting and if he's not shooting he's not worth anything to me he's on the bench he's like I want him shoot play with confidence yeah. But man, that that was the magic of Nolan being able to to figure figure dudes' heads out and, and and get in their heads the right way. You can get in their heads the wrong way. But I think he told this- me he says I was a shooter. I mean, I you know that don't don't rein me back. Just encourage me. Right now, it feels like anybody on that anybody that's on the floor right now is not quite sure uh, who he is. You know who his teammate is. You know how to how to how to get the best out of your teammate while you're on the court. There, it's just you know this Missouri is such an important game tonight. 
And that's what I was going to say. You know, Missouri's going to be trying to get there. They don't have a conference win yet. They're, they're thinking this is their chance to get one. Home floor, it's tough to win on the road. You've got a Razorback team that's only won one game in conference play. I was proud of them, Clay. We did win another half. We, 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 that's our that's second two. half. Yep. That's two. Yep. I like how you're, I mean, you're breaking it down into that so we can get just a little extra, just an extra victory there. Give us a little more hope. Do you hope. need to win two, two halves or you just need to, like, get a stalemate in a win? Man, I'd like to win both these halves. That'd be nice if we <laughs> yeah, go up to, 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 to Columbia and win both of them. be great if you get a win today, and it does count for two. Well, they're breaking out all the stops to try to get people into the arena tonight. Uh, they're giving away, there's a couple giveaways. Uh, there is they're giving they're doing the battle line trophy presentation to the football team at halftime, so you know I'm sure they love Eli there, and I'm 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 guessing he'll be there. Uh, they're doing a whiteout in a building that's got no all black seats, so we'll be able to see every every single empty seat, and I think there will certainly be some. But this is two desperate teams, two desperate teams. If you can't beat Missouri, and Arkansas gets Missouri twice every year. If you can't beat Missouri this year, who are you going to beat? If you can't win on the road at Missouri, who are you going to beat on the road? Won't it be LSU? Ain't going to be Alabama. Won't be Kentucky. If you win a road game, this is the one to win. It is. And then we'll go from there because I don't know what to expect even if you do win. If you play a perfect 40 minutes against Mizzou, I don't think that has anything to do with what happened Saturday against and you the get a, Tigers. You get 11 a.m. 11 a.m. start time Saturday. So that's a game. You, you, if you start quick, you I mean, you can get them before they wipe the sleep out, sleep out of their eyes. You get up on them 16 and then just kind of run like away and hide. I think, Matt Jones. It's like you – you see, you Clay, see, I'm pulling for him. You well, know, you're, you're looking for paths to victory. I mean, that's like you know anything. We'll, we'll we'll try that. Let's try that. Part of it is also that we want to be talking basketball in the month of February and not just do baseball preview and you know you know break down every single pitch. It's like because if we're at the point, like look, what are the one in six in the league right now? If they go one in six in the next seven league games, who's going to want to talk about it? I don't. Mm. Yeah. Not when baseball season's coming around. I mean, we'll, we'll kick around the women's basketball team because they're well, playing We saw well. what happened in the football, and I don't know if the NIL has anything to do with this, with, with uh, the kind of, not saying they quit, but those last two games on the defense, they weren't putting the same effort they were those first couple conference yeah. games. And, and no kidding. That, I've seen that before, and, um, you know, it's, it's uh, 76 in football. You know, 75, they won the Cotton Bowl, and they won, you know, Coach Burrell's last – last championship and they were they were loaded on defense coming back and they started getting some injuries and they were just a shell of themselves the last two or three games and then you go back and you look at well who was on that team there were some great players but it's you know you you know their offense couldn't score you know you you get frustrated on defense when your offense can't score i mean it it ought to be well well, let's just we'll just shut them out but you, you know you need to have something to get enthused about and I think that's what happened with this defense last year. Is like we can't shut them out. So how how are we going to win? And well, and th- and that might be a subconscious thing more than you know a conscious. But it I think it I think it ha- happens. I think there is also something, and it, and and <laughs> you start thinking about this, and maybe not even start. You might have been thinking about it while you were watching it. Um, the morning rush had Isaiah Satania last week to promote Arkansas Children's Northwest and the Miracles and Magic Radiothon, which, by the way, starts on Friday. And and Satania said one of the things he's excited about for this upcoming season, and these were his words, was that they got rid of the cancers in the locker room. <clears throat> I mean, that that's, that's a guy that was in the locker room right there. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, is there... Well, if you got one foot out the door, going on in the basketball locker room right now, exactly one foot out the door. You know, last year, if if it was Nick Smith or whatever, but was Rocket Sanders? Did he have one foot out the door? You know, you look around; he was gone as soon as he could. Uh, Same same thing. You're not if you're either all in or you're not in at all. Lost pretty much your entire linebacking core. (laughs) Defense looked like it did give up. Uh, and you got a player, people are wondering why he wasn't really utilized the way he was utilized in practice. And he's talking about locker room cancers. Um, and that, that, could, that could certainly be a major reason why Arkansas men's basketball does not really show much chemistry. 
You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.